welcome to the show unburden your health this show brings to you experts and insights on what really works when it comes to improving health and well-being the present circumstances pose a serious threat to the mental well-being of people you know, absence of social interaction staying indoors pandemic fatigue loss of jobs loss of livelihood i think a big one is dealing with uncertainty i think an absence of physical activity these are some of the challenges that almost all of us are going through at this point of time my guest today is dr anjali chabria she is india's leading psychiatrist and psychotherapist and author of the book death is not the answer understanding suicide and ways to prevent it she has been contributing to the field of mental health for the last two and a half decades she runs mind temple a mental health center in mumbai that caters to the psychiatric emotional and behavioral needs of individuals she is also a trained past life regression therapist hypnotist and has introduced innovative treatment modalities aimed at constantly improving patient care anjali thank you so much for coming on the show thank you thank you sanjay so much for inviting me and also paying attention to mental health because that is so very important always and more so today absolutely i couldn't agree with you more and you know before we get into the subject i wanted to just pick your brains that you know i have known you for more than half my life uh, and uh, you've always been that you know dynamic overachieving student and a professional did you choose psychiatry uh, you know by choice i know in the us people you know uh, when they move from india to the us psychiatry becomes an uh, sort of entry level uh, field that they have to get into but in india i think people probably can take it by choice so did you choose psychiatry as your speciality after you doing mbbs so to answer your question in one word yes absolutely it was my first choice and it was my last choice but of course we are talking about psychiatry you know maybe 3 and a half decades ago so the stigma towards psychiatry and psychiatrist was so strong that people were so worried that you know if you become a psychiatrist we have heard that you know in a few years you don't know who's the patient and who's the doctor you know <laughs> so that was the stigma and to add to it you know people actually came and told my parents ke iske sath koi shaadi nahi karega you know just tell her to do something else and uh, so i had pathology as uh, one of my options and okay. anesthesia i had pharmac so you know today we know that people find it difficult to get one seat but i had five choices in front of me but right. my first choice was psychiatry and my last choice was psychiatry and you know of course it took a little bit of convincing you know uh, to my parents and they agreed and said okay whatever it is you know if you want to do this Right. because i realized that nothing mattered to me more than bringing back the smile to the person who's sitting in front of me you know and i i mean today also i think that it's the most important you know if your software is not working nothing else works right so if your right. brain is not working so if i can help people to get their brain back in Absolutely. action you know i think that's the best service i can do towards human kind no absolutely absolutely as we saw in the movie munna bhai na there is chemical locha so if we can if we can take care of the chemical locha i guess the physical part can be much easier addressed 
Absolutely right. So tell me, when you chose uh, psychiatry, you know, you mentioned that uh, family friends came and told your parents that they will not do anything. I'm sure that must have changed dramatically where there must have been a line of boys, you know, there was and there still is you know I keep telling people just join the queue I can believe that I can believe that but you know actually the same people who were so you know worried and said that you know nobody goes to psychiatrists and a lady psychiatrist oh my god you know you're kind of committing harakiri even before you start practice Right. These are the same people who come and tell me that, uh, you know, uh, this is a field which is so important. So Absolutely. I think Absolutely. that is the perception has definitely changed over the last few years. Right, right. And, uh, you know, you've been practicing for what, more than almost 30 years now? Close to that? Yes, yes, yes. It's almost 30 years. And uh, so... You know, did you face any challenges when you started and, you know, how did you navigate? How has your career path sort of been navigated over the last 30 years? So, you know, when I started my practice, uh, of course, I was working in a municipal hospital as all of us. You know, I was actually working at uh, the Arun Cooper Hospital in Juhu. And uh, I was very happy working there and helping people as they came. And there came a point where I chose to take up private practice. And I remember right. going to this hospital for a for an interview where they told me, they looked at me and they said, you know, you're so petite. How are you going to handle patients if patients become violent? You know, okay, okay. so my, my answer to them was that, listen, if you guys were looking for some henchmen, you should have suggested, you should have told me that. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the whole idea of being a psychiatrist is not to get into any wrestling match with the patients, but to be able to help them to calm their minds without, you know, without fighting with them. So the perception has definitely been, you know, very different. But as time has evolved, you know, I have seen people change their outlook, people, uh, you know, today we have parents coming, you know, even if a child has headache, Parents realize that this could be related to emotional issues and they want to get out of it. You know, of course, uh, changing the perception of doctors also has been a part of this journey. You know, because even doctors believed that uh, if they couldn't understand anything, they would just say, You know, but slowly, slowly people realized that you know, there were times of life that people, anybody, anyone who is intelligent, anyone who is smart, anybody who is capable can go through an emotional disturbance. And this can be linked to some events which are happening in their life, as sure. well as some uh, chemical changes which are happening in your life. You know, for example, right. if a woman goes through her uh, menopause or if she delivers a baby, you know, that is an important time of her life. And because of that, a person who's otherwise smart, capable, intelligent can suddenly have depression, may find it very difficult to even articulate simple words, Correct. you know. And when it started happening to people around them, and the best part was, you know, earlier people would say that, Acha, just take them for a holiday and they will improve. You know, right. there's so much stigma against even taking medication. 
that even if you write a tablet and give it to the uh, patient you know right from the chemist to the family doctor to right, a right. old aunt everybody has perception issues about the medication and they will say that oh you know please don't take this medicine you'll get addicted to it and right, right. all your life you will be sleeping so there was the journey has been such that we've had to work very hard to eradicate or to even reduce the stigma you know so in sure. this journey i've worked with faith healers i've worked with chemists i've worked with doctors i've worked with schools colleges lay people you know because i thought right. each one of them is important to help to reduce the stigma which is still there not only sure. in our country but also in parts of the world so what i'm hearing is that you know acceptance of uh, mental health uh, i guess is evolving and but you still feel that there is there is still some distance to be you know uh, moved along uh, for people to really accept that mental health is a serious issue but you have seen that there has been a significant improvement in the way people have started to accept it absolutely absolutely you know because see today if uh, if an employee calls an employer and says i've got fever the first thing they tell him is pehle covid test karao fir aao you know <laughs> but uh, if somebody calls up and says you know i'm not feeling too good i'm, not I'm feeling, feeling low right, you know right. or i haven't slept at night is it okay if i don't come the perception is that oh ye to kaam chhod rahe he or she doesn't want to come to work sure sure, sure. you know so people don't Absolutely. understand but slowly slowly this is definitely changing you know but we want more yeah absolutely i think and that's the endeavor you know through platforms like this is to make people aware that uh, mental health is real and you know you have spent 30 years of your life you know or more than that for studying about it and then teaching and then you know uh, you know practicing it that you know how it can make a huge difference in society i wanted to just pick up on when you said that you started your career at cooper and now you went in and then you went into private practice so you know i had written down a point that generally we see lifestyle diseases are in some way disease of the affluence you know of you know that you know you have diabetes you have obesity generally you see that more in the affluent class what has been your experience with mental health is it also seen as a disease of affluence or is it across all you know socio economic you know strata of society not at all so mental health is all prevalent you know it's just that everybody's issues are different so okay. today what the lower middle class they have a lot of issues themselves you know just overcrowding if you look at the youth of the lower economic class you know they want to aspire they want role models they want space you know so they have their own issues as okay. well as the upper uh, you know the uh, Uh, the eloquent people you know the financially equipped people may have other issues so the fact is that as everybody has a body everybody has a mind and true, true. everyone can have issues it's just that the issues may be different depending upon what their reality is what their stressors are and what their triggers are right. okay and of course we all have the chemical composition in fact today we talk about circuits in the brain being disturbed right. you know where mental health is concerned so today everyone's circuit depends upon their genes depends upon their personality and what is going to trigger one person's circuit is not going to trigger the other person's circuit 
but the fact is that everybody suffers from mental health issues sure, sure. you know in fact uh, in india what we have seen is that uh, you know it is perceived that 6 to 7 people out of every uh, you know 10 people may be having some issue okay Right. but at the same time who is doing its studies and they are finding that uh, we need to examine these issues because you know people don't think they don't even know that they are suffering from mental health issues right right now you mentioned who i was just i have some statistics here and would love to get your thoughts that who estimates that about 7.5% of indians suffer from some mental disorder and predicts that by the end of you know you know this decade roughly 20% of indians will suffer from mental illness and according to numbers 56 million indians suffer from depression and another 38 million indians suffer from anxiety disorders do these numbers sound correct to you absolutely absolutely but what happens is that these are people who don't even know that they are suffering you know because these are the people who will go to a general practitioner saying that i have a backache which is not going for a very long time or i'm not being i'm not getting sleep now they do not know that insomnia is the first symptom of any mental health disease or disorder okay. Okay, you know wow. or for example if you're feeling depressed you may think you're depressed because your work is not going well or your children are not right. listening to you you know we all we always perceive a cause right. you know and we feel ki oh if my wife did this i would not be depressed but the sure. fact is that even if you were in the perfect environment you may still be feeling depressed and depression is a disorder that needs treatment you know but people use this word very easily they say oh i'm feeling depressed they may be disappointed if i right. today do not get the marks in an examination you right. know i may turn around and say this but that is not depression depression is a proper disorder So right. I'm very happy that WHO is doing these studies, creating this awareness. I'm happy that people like you are taking the initiative and talking about these uh, topics because what happens is for every one person who is depressed in the house, the effect is ripple. You right. know. So for example, if you look at the woman of the house, suppose she's depressed. Okay, it's not that only her life gets impacted. You know, her children are looking at her and wondering. So you true. know what is happening okay, because of her, that yeah. they learn they learn depression themselves and they may not be able to do well in school you know the husband for you know for that matter you know goes to work he is probably not getting the support that he wants physical support emotional support sexual support and then you know he is wondering what is happening right okay her own parents her in-laws everybody starts getting affected by one person who is going through depression you know so Absolutely. and also the loss of manners uh, you know they, these people cannot work so because right. of that they are not productive in the society you know so so it's a huge effect and that is why you know mental health is being recognized but definitely much more work needs to be done in this field sure sure so we we spoke about you know you you gave so many different examples uh but you also stress that it's not limited to any section of society but have you seen uh, evolution across various age groups that we generally tend to associate mental health issues 
with people who are aging or the elderly but i i'm sure this has changed over the last many years and we are finding a lot more younger people even youths uh, you know uh, having mental health issues you just said that if a child has a headache uh, it could be an early sign of some mental health issue so what has been your you know learnings over the last few years about how different age groups uh, have been able to present this to you so the thing is anyone can suffer so if we look at uh, say let's talk about the aged population you know many of that and especially in the last year we have seen that a lot of them have mentally aged 10 years even if they are physically aged a year absolutely and that has been because there's a lack of social contact there's a lack of physical contact you know earlier grandchildren would come and hug their grandparents yes yes and this last year you know children were told that listen please don't go near your grandparents because you may you know they may contract covid because of you correct so the elderly population is feeling extremely lonely a lot right. of them you know if they were staying alone and their children did not even come to meet them you know they had to physically do so much work that itself was having an impact on their health then the other thing was that they were living in fear because you know every time they put on the television the television was only telling them that listen you guys are going to die if you get covid correct, correct. you know so because of that there was a lot of fear and lot of emotional issues okay now right. besides the last year what we also see is that when people do not have a purpose of life they grow emotionally they might get uh, you know disturbed depressed right. and because of that they tend to get really affected okay and they might get further depressed you know because they suddenly start thinking that they've reached the end of their life and there's right. nothing forward to look at there's nothing you know, to look plus, forward to on a daily yeah, basis yeah 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 also their physical health issues sure. you know which which are reality so it's like just waking up and saying okay when am i going to die you know plus the memory issues that come there is alzheimer's disease which is a reality right you right. know and uh, of course uh, there are other disorders because what happens to an aging brain is that it tends to shrink and the right. area as the personality might get magnified so if i am someone who has been over a particular about facts i will get obsessive you know sure sure so if i have been stingy as uh, in my adulthood now suddenly i'm going to become more stingy right you right. know so this is looking at uh, the elderly if you look at teenagers right. okay 40% of disorders of emotional health issues are picked up actually before the age of 14 before 14 yes 40% of disorders my god you know mental health disorders wow so it is extremely important to pay attention to the children at home okay right right to see if some of them become very quiet or become aggressive you know they could either go both ends of the spectrum sure you know so some of them become aggressive and what happens is the more aggressive they become the more aggressive the parents become yes yes you know to curb their aggression and then right. there's a distance between them and their parents right and that's the time they may start experimenting with substances alcohol which further puts a burden on their mental health true you know 
and that is why uh, you know you will be surprised to know that maximum suicides happen at that age group between the age group of 15 to 29 okay you know in fact suicide is the second most cause of death in that age group wow you know so it's like so the first thing is road accidents right, and the right. second is suicide Suicide. You know, so these uh, teenagers are actually at a danger of falling prey to their own mental health issues and harming right. themselves. Right. You know, because there there's so many pressures on them. You know, many a times people in our our age group say that oh these kids in ko kya problem hai. You know, they're getting everything on a platter, but right. that's not right. true. You know, <clears throat> so the challenges of different age groups are different. you know of course the adults have their own challenges you know they may go through depression anxiety ocd etc so right. every age group can be affected by uh, different issues so that's a great input that you know more than 40% of the overall cases are below the ages of 15 or 14 as you said i think that's a you know big big uh, you know eye opener for all of us and uh, you know you mentioned that insomnia is one of the early watch out signs you said the triggers so if you were to share you know some common triggers or watch out signs for people that you know you know what could be people looking at that they say okay this could be a mental disorder so the first thing about insomnia is that you know whenever you're not getting sleep try and get to the bottom of it please do not resort to taking out of the counter medicines or don't go to your family doctor and just start popping in pills right you know so because insomnia is the first symptom of any mental health issue now besides that you know depression is extremely common now some of the symptoms of depression are either a loss of interest in all pleasurable activities or disturbances in food appetite sleep sexual issues so what happens is if anybody is oversleeping or undersleeping is overeating or undereating right, okay right. has no interest in sex you know now these are some of the symptoms now the third issue is actually feeling low you know so right. people just feel low and don't feel like doing anything they don't have a interest in life so everything is like okay so they don't feel like working they feel low all the time then they could have thoughts of helplessness hopelessness worthlessness you know right 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 and they actually say and the mood gets disturbed so they actually say that i don't feel good you know i feel like right. crying you know and uh, the next time somebody says this you know don't dismiss it off sure because sure. The, you know the first thing is ki are what's your problem you have everything in life you're right. complaining because you're privileged and hence you can complain sure you know but the fact is that there could be an underlying disorder that the person is going through you know which right. needs to be investigated so this is depression anxiety is that dirty feeling that feeling of uneasiness which you get you know just before an exam right right okay so some people have that feeling all the time and they just find different different things to get anxious about it could be either you know i'm anxious about finances i'm anxious about work i'm anxious about relationships you know so this is a very common and anxiety itself can disrupt sleep you know and of course Absolutely. then no, there no, is a no great points 
thought disorder you know there are people who absolutely get dissociated with reality right you know so they may think that they feel that people are against them you know and some sure. of them feel it so strongly that they may stop going to work right you know so this is when they start getting detached with reality now this is a serious mental health thought disorder which needs proper medication to you know get the person out of it right right so just to continue on that you know there were three words that came to my mind one is social media and the impact of social media on mental health and you know as is commonly believed that most of the issues either arise because of you know issues of the heart or issues of money or finance so maybe you could just pick on each of them social media issues of the heart and issues of finance are these the common sort of ailments that you see today or the triggers Absolutely. and you mentioned the lack of purpose or sense of direction in life i guess these you know three four something that that stand out in my mind i mean just want to hear your thoughts on that so absolutely social media has never been as important as it is today you know and especially for the young you know and there are kids as young as uh, the age group of 8 to 10 years who get hooked on to social media now what happens is that you know when people post pictures on social media you know nobody puts up a bad picture on social media but what happens is that a lot of these kids their self esteem starts depending upon the number of likes they are getting the number of comments they are getting you know and they get impacted both positively and negatively you know and what we have seen over the last 8 to 10 years is that social media suddenly become so important that people 10 people could be sitting together but they are connecting more with their friends on the digital world than in the Absolutely. real world right you know and this is something that affects you know a lot of adults may be able to just take it as okay it's a way of connecting and you know move on right. but people spend so many hours per day you know i mean if i've been telling people to just record their own time that they're spending with their phone and when they're not working right okay and people are shocked to see that they are spending maybe 1/4 or uh, you know 1/3 of their waking hours just by indulging in social media and getting carried away with it Absolutely. now this affects the weak mind a child's mind more than anything else and we have seen you know youngsters getting so badly affected by it that some of them may even you know take their life and announce it on social media you know right, right, maybe right. sometimes as a cry for help right okay so it's very important to curb the use of social media we cannot pretend that it doesn't exist but to be realistic about it you know sure. and also connect with the real world you know so that is uh, something that uh, we must do right. the second thing that you spoke about was uh, you know jab dil toot jata hai tab kya hota Correct. hai right 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 and what we have seen is that in youngsters uh, you know heart breaking is associated with a lot of depression okay depression anxiety because i mean this particularly happens because we you know overrated the whole romantic angle and romance in our life sure. you know a lot of songs you know in fact one of my jokes uh, when i go and talk to the youth is that please do not listen to any of these songs when your heart <laughs> breaks because you think that the singer is only thinking about you and singing <laughs> you know every romantic song so you need to 
not hear all, all of that right. but what what we see is actually the, those who get affected you know of course all of us have gone through heartache heartbreak etc and it feels terrible you know right but a lot of people can move on pick up the threads and their life moves on but there are those who get affected very badly and right. these are the special people we need to pay attention to because you know these could be having underlying issues which get magnified after a breakup right right you know to the extent that they can't come out of it and some of them even get hooked on to alcohol which becomes a part of their life you know of course financial issues are also very important economic instability has led right. to a lot of stress and distress you right. know and what we've done over the last year particularly is help those people you know get out of depression so that once they are sleeping well once they are feeling better then they can think differently because now the software is working properly correct you know Absolutely. and they can then find a way to you know maybe uh, change tracks you know whole of sure. last year we've been telling people that okay just see do you really need all these expenses you know right. can you change tracks can you just shift tracks temporarily till things get get better again you know whether right. it's shifting jobs whether it is uh, undersizing the vehicle you own or whether it is uh, you know trying to do different jobs and uh getting back to the financial stability but the most important thing you know word of caution that i want to tell anybody and everybody who's going through financial stress right now is that please talk to someone about it please right. share what you're going through you know because uh, sometimes what happens is we think we are going through it alone you right. know right. and uh, i'll i'll share a funny incident over here is just as, as lockdown had begun and i was uh, you know i used to find this time to walk in my uh, society you know because just sitting at home it was getting very difficult and uh, there was a very uh, uh, you know famous film star who used to also walk at the same time and you know keeping our social distance with our masks you know we would sometimes get into conversations Right. and he he once told me saying you know i was really feeling so bad because i have so many emis that i need to pay sure you sure. know and life has become so tough i don't have i'm not working i'm not wa- making any money so he saying till uh, till a company owner called him up and said you know i have 5000 employees to feed can you please do a motivational talk to these employees <laughs> <laughs> you know so he That's said so He said, "You know, I was like, thank God, I don't have to feed five thousand people. I only correct, have five EMIs. You know, correct, correct. So, uh, I think so that, that's a great suggestion that you know talk about it. Uh, I'll just narrate an incident that happened recently, where you know we are a group of uh, business owners that collectively meet once a month, and one of them spoke about some financial challenge uh, in that group, and then three other people said, you know, we also going through the same thing." automatically the you know stress level the mood change everybody was feeling a lot more calmer that i am not the only one going through this so i guess sharing your your situation with people who you can relate to you know will bring about that that sense of calmness that i am not the only one going through that that's a you know excellent point and the other point that i picked up is that there is no substitute for good sleep i think that's when your brain sort of gets rewired that that's the only rest that your brain gets you know so i guess if that rest is 
proper, it allows you to perform the next 16 hours with, you know, full gusto. So I think good sleep and, uh, you know, just talking about your issues. Great, great takeaways, Anjali. Thank you. You know, Sanjay, one more point I'll add here is, I mean, when Mr. Bachchan was going through financial stress, you know, he went to everybody and he asked them for work. So if he could do it, I don't think any of us is bigger than him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And his story is, you know, a big success for everybody to see and emulate today. Perfect example. Thank you. So when, when, when people do notice some of the triggers that you mentioned, you know, there's a common concern or a confusion that people have. Should we go to a psychologist or should we go to a psychiatrist? You know, maybe you could just guide on that. So what I would suggest is go to either. Whoever is closer, please go. Okay. Okay. okay? But take help from a mental health professional. Now, okay. many of the times what happens is, okay, you may talk to someone and you may feel better. The psychologists are also equipped with certain skills that your friend or your girlfriend or your school teacher may not have, you know, because people say, oh, I went to my wife is a good counselor. You know, your wife may be good, very supportive, but she doesn't have the skill sets that a psychologist has. Okay. Now, when you go to a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist is equipped to understand the genesis of your problem. Right. Okay, so whether it is a hormonal imbalance and just prescribe your medication for that. Okay, or to understand whether your problem comes from a reality situation and whether you need to realign your thinking or to change your mindset. You know, so ideally I would say go to a psychiatrist so that they tell you that, okay, just take this medicine within three to four weeks, you'll be feeling differently and you'll be reacting differently or Go to a psychologist and change the way you think. Right. You know. So just to put it in simple words, a psychologist is somebody who is more like a sounding board, somebody who can, you know, listen to your issues and maybe allow you to change your thinking. But a psychiatrist will be able to also prescribe the medication that is required to, as you said, impact the genesis of the root cause. Perfect. 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 So just shifting gears, you know, we speak a lot about stress. You know, the word of stress you know, it's sort of almost abused today. So maybe you want to just touch upon, you know, this whole issue around stress and, you know, how can individuals deal with stress? But first, maybe your own journey on, you know, how stress as a condition has evolved and, you know, just your thoughts on stress. So first of all, stress is something that we all go through, you know, whether it's a little child who wakes up in the morning and has to uh, adjust to online education, Okay, or is not meeting his or her friends. Okay, or the mother of the child who has to wake up, give breakfast, also do her own work, also look after her in-laws, etc. Or the great-grandmother in the house, you know, whose stress is that she's not able to walk to the bathroom and needs help to do that. So stress is something that we all experience. Okay, and we also adjust to it, you know. So this is a very normal phenomenon. But what happens is when this stress becomes distress, okay, Okay. that means that we are getting disturbed by the stress that is happening in our day-to-day lives. Okay. You know, that we are not able to think, we are not able to concentrate, we are not able to sleep, or we are getting disturbed by it and we are reacting. Okay. Now, when we realize that stress is becoming distress, that is the time we need to do something about it because... 
otherwise it also affects our hormones right you know we all talk about metabolic syndrome these days how when people cannot handle their stress it affects their thyroid it affects their hormones their periods sure. get disturbed if you're a woman you put on weight you get hypertension diabetes you know it's all right. because today your body is saying you know i can't handle the stress that you are going through right. okay then the next step is or a simultaneous step is depression okay or emotional disruption where sure. the body may either the mind starts overthinking over analyzing you know one repeated negative thought will keep coming to your mind not allow you to do anything right you know so stress is healthy you stress is normal stress but right. if you are not able to deal with the stress you know and some of the ways people deal with stress is either exercising sleeping well talking to friends gossiping you know gossiping sure. is great sure you know <laughs> but at the same time recognizing that you know i'm not able to deal with the stress so let me do something about it before it gets to me sure that's a great way of putting it when stress becomes dis- when becomes distress you know uh, find ways to de-stress i guess that that's a very nice way of putting it stress to distress find ways to de-stress how do you de-stress i mean you know you you listen to stresses of people every day day in and day out you know how do you de-stress how do you create that you know cut off in your life that okay fine now my work has ended and i'm going home how do you create that reset zone between work and home and how do you de-stress so the the fact of the matter is that i love what i do you know so initially even when i would go for holidays i would come back out you know i want to go back to my office so it's like <laughs> you know, i can i can spend hours on my chair and right. not feel stressed about it because i love what i do right. but at the same time of course i'm a normal human being so i am a normal mother at home i have my dogs who i need to take care of and uh, i love uh, these days i've started using music you know i've gone right. back to my own music class yoga is something that has really kept me going in this one year i look okay. forward to my yoga class but uh, otherwise i think if you can just understand that what you're doing is work right you know it, i think you just learn to do it you know so it's not something that bothers you you know of course unless there's something which is really maybe i think in all my life within 30 years maybe there were two or three times that i actually felt that i was getting stressed because of some unusual uh, circumstances sure yeah sure, sure absolutely so oh, what's the kind of music that you listen to that helps you de stress maybe that can be you know some sort of <laughs> input to the audience also that you know what does dr anjali listen to <laughs> no no i i think i think music changes no so it depends on your mood okay right. so this morning i was listening to asha bosle's uh, romantic hits before coming here okay <laughs> so i think it's it's just uh, you know what you feel like listening to which could be different to so there no particular kind of music what you like is music to the ears right you know perfect so, perfect no i too i think uh, i find music to be a great stress buster for me um, i start my day in the morning uh, when i'm working out uh, you know it's uh, i'm playing all kinds of music and then i record music and i send playlists to all my friends on sundays uh, so i think for me music is a great stress buster and i'm glad that you agree on that and what do you think is the role of physical activity we see a lot of people over the last one year who've been sort of stuck indoors 
you know, dealing with this absence of physical activity, what's the connection that you have seen that the role of physical activity on mental health? So it's, I'm happy you brought this because, you know, especially when we are dealing with stress, it's very important to do some physical activity in the day because otherwise what we've seen is people are only using their eyes, they're using their brain and they're using their fingers. Okay, right. the rest of the body is absolutely, you know, redundant, you know, so it is very, very important that you move. Okay, and any movement is better than no movement. Right. Okay, and there are lots and lots of studies which have found a positive relationship between exercise and increase of positive uh, hormones in the brain, you know. Sure. So even through last year, if people said, okay, what are the, what is the one thing that you should do? And I would tell every please exercise. Okay. And right. people would say, oh, I have no place. I have no, I would say, just put on music and start dancing. Don't worry. You right. know, because right. you just start moving and you start feeling better, right. you know. So uh, in fact, I remember just at the beginning of lockdown, you know, I had made it compulsory in our house also that between six and eight people are going to exercise. You right. know, so right. people are banging into each other, you know, getting into each other's way. But I think that is something that has really helped people, you know, and okay, COVID on one side, but otherwise we have seen that people, you know, those who have been exercising, their physical health has really improved in the last one year. Yes. You know, and whatever your exercise may be, you know, someone likes to jump, dance, do aerobics, uh, you know, whatever you like to do, physically work out, it just requires a space of two by two. Absolutely. Now I can share my experience, uh, you know, that uh, initially in the lockdown, uh, my trainer was not allowed to come, obviously, for the right reason. So we went on a video call and uh, my trainer started training me on a video call. In fact, one of my friends joined one of, you know, and then my sister also joined. So now it is three of us on one video call and a trainer is training us. And it's not just me alone, but it's four of us working out. And actually, my health has improved in the last 12 months. I have lost inches. I've lost weight. And as you said, I start the day with exercise and my day goes really well. You know, you just feel good about yourself, I think, throughout the rest of the day. So perfectly said that, you know, uh, exercise is a great way to address, you know, the chemical imbalance in your brain, so to say. You know, and, and the best ideas come to you when you're exercising. So true, that true. is also something that, you know, I've noticed. Right. Sure, sure, sure. You know, you mentioned earlier on about purpose in life. And today we find, you know, I met some young kids the other day and doing very well in life. You know, all these new startups, these tech companies. And many of them say, you know, I want to make a lot of money and retire at the age of 35. So, you know, for us, retirement used to be 58, then it went to 65. But then we see people like your father and my father who have still continued to remain mentally active even in their 80s. Uh, but today we find a lot of people saying that I want to retire early in life and, you know, I just want to make a lot of money. But I've also seen that, you know, when, uh, you know, their purpose goes down or their physical activity goes down, their health will also suffer. So, you know, your take on this concept of early retirement and also, you know, how do you encourage people to remain mentally engaged? So, you know, if you look at it, I think these people, these kids who are saying they want to retire, basically, I think what they are thinking is that financially they want to be sound so that they can actually start doing other things in life. You know, so maybe some of them are in this job because they want to earn money. And 
once they have the money that they want they want to start pursuing their dreams which may be different from the way they are they are, they are earning money sure you know so because i have also interviewed some of these kids and they said no this is what i want to do someone wants to start teaching someone wants to do farming and right. today they don't see a link between you know earning money and doing this you know coming to people who are uh, you know who are always young those are people actually who found some purpose in their lives okay. you know and of course a lot of say the elder uh, generation you know whether it's your dad or my dad for them the purpose was maybe growing uh, financially because that was the need of the hour right you know if they did not grow today we would probably not be comfortable enough true, true. they because they gave us this environment is what helped us to grow right you know but these are the people who actually find purpose anywhere you know give them a society to society to manage and they will do a great job give them a garden to look after they will do a great job so you true, know so true so i like that line you know is, they will find purpose anywhere wow that's a you know so well said absolutely please please go ahead you know and these are the people who actually never grow up right you know even today if we are crossing the road you know every time i want to hold his hand and he says no i can walk by myself don't hold my hand you know <laughs> i said yeah but i'm getting scared i don't want to fall you know <laughs> so so i think so the thing is the mind is always young you know and uh, you know which we say keep the child in yourself alive you know so find new things to do find different things to do there's so much to learn in life i think keeping you know some amount of learning going is it right. also keeps the child in you alive you know and also so, helps the cells brain cells to regenerate so is reading a good habit according to you i mean you know people who constantly read are constantly learning you know or people who play sudoku a lot you know so you know your your experiences with this with with reading especially so of course reading definitely helps us to acquire knowledge you know so whether it's reading a book and reading a book for a lot of people is relaxing there are those who like to read on the screen you right. know but uh, of course but you know doing mental games so whether it is sudoku whether it is even you know a lot of uh, like one of the ways i told all the senior citizens to keep oriented was to read the news every day sure. you know of course there was a point that there were no newspapers right you know and they were missing the feel of that but just keeping yourself informed keeps you oriented in the world and that helps to stay you know uh, stay oriented with what is happening Correct. the next thing is when you challenge your brain whether it is by learning a new language or playing a game or playing sudoku or even playing word puzzles sure you know that is when you are you know anything that you are using will grow correct you know so when you are exercising if you are using your forearm muscles they will not stagnate correct you know correct. even if they don't grow so similarly one needs to use different parts of the brain you know right. and of the body to keep one's selves active you know so it's like an anti aging method that you uh, try to do you know no super super as you said you know that if you don't use your brain as the brain ages it shrinks but if you continue to use your brain if you use mental exercises your brain will also continue to remain it will remain healthy it will continue to grow you know so make sure that you use mental exercises to keep your brain from not decaying or not atrophying but to to grow like a like your forearm muscle as you said excellent excellent
Great. Uh, I wanted to also pick your brains on the whole concept of Alzheimer's, you know, that, you know, we have seen that we have increased life expectancy. We want people to live longer. But as you live longer, obviously, you're going to see a lot more challenges with dementia, with forgetfulness, and with this whole concept of Alzheimer's. So how do we, you know, balance that while we make people live longer? How do we make them live better? And what's been your experience on that area? So, of course, Alzheimer's is a challenge that we have still not really been able to overcome. But at the same time, what we have seen is that if people are having healthy lifestyles, okay, where you're balancing your food, you're sleeping well, you're able to have a work-life balance, okay, and you're also adding positive things like, say, maybe yoga, exercise, you know, that is something that helps them. Okay. Also, finding a purpose of life is very, very important. Right. And doing memory games, keeping them oriented, giving them something to do. You know, so I know a lot of people are cooked up in their houses. But, you know, even if you want to give your elderly mother maybe some plants to grow, you know, sure, that sure. whole act of watering the plants, of looking after it, you know, so keeping them engaged in something. At the same time, we need to understand that Alzheimer's is a disease which comes of age and where the memory starts going. Okay, so and what we see is that the recent memory gets affected first. So these are people who may remember uh, events of the past. But when it comes to whether you ate your breakfast in the morning or not, this is something that they may forget. Sure. You know, so some of them may need medication for it. Some of them... You know, memory exercises will help. But getting them to do physical exercises, what they can. Okay. And not changing their environment too much. Okay. Okay. You know, that is important. So it is more something that even the relatives around them need to understand. You know, we also understand that sometimes because these people cannot remember things, they may forget and they also get suspicious because they tend to keep their hide their keys somewhere and they only forget where it is. So it's very important to get an expert to look at each case and see whether it is a treatable dementia or what are the treatable factors. So whether it's giving them their vitamins properly or whether it is adding some medication. Sure. You mentioned a very interesting point that, you know, not to change their environment. And, you know, we deal with this situation where many of the children are living overseas and their elderly parents are living in India and they want their parents that they should leave India and come and live within the US. But the parents are not comfortable to leave their comfort. And now we understand the reason that, you know, they are they are accustomed to a particular environment and they'll be completely displaced if they go into a new environment, like, you know, going to the US, for example. Absolutely. Right, right. Perfect. So, you know, just before we end, I wanted to, you know, uh, talk about your book. And, you know, you have done a lot of work on suicide. Uh, you know, and I guess people are still maybe ignorant about the, you know, dangers or the severity or the volume, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier about the fact that, you know, suicide is the second largest cause of death in the age group between 15 and 29. And that's a, you know, huge statistic. So maybe you could just, you know, share some of your, you know, research or your understanding and, you know, create more awareness with people about suicide 
So see, first of all, what happens is, you know, suicide is something that can be very, very easily prevented. And the good part is that anyone can prevent it. Okay. A student can prevent his friend from committing suicide. Okay. And what we have seen is what research has shown us is, of course, youngsters are very susceptible to ending their life. And media has had a huge role to play because suicides have been glorified in our country. You know, now, unfortunately, one out of every three suicides happening in the world is happening in India. Okay. Oh, that, that much because, because we have a large population of, of youth absolutely. in our country. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what happens is, so what we thought was that, okay, after I wrote the book in 2016, I realized that I had to go and educate people about it, you know. So in fact, uh, Atul and me did a few shows, you know, we went to colleges. Correct, we correct, must have addressed at least 50,000 students together, you know, in person. And right. of course, many others over different channels. Okay. Now what happens is it is very easy to prevent someone from committing suicide. But why this does not happen is because of lack of knowledge. Okay. Sure. So when the most common thing is people who are suicidal say that they are suicidal. Okay. Oh, okay. But people on the other side do not know how to handle it. And do not believe it also many times. Absolutely. So if somebody says that, you know what, I don't feel like living. The right. natural reaction is that I don't be silly. How can you say like that? You know, oh, or I have to go for a class and I'm going away because I don't know how to handle this discussion. Right. right okay. Right. And it's getting tricky for me. But the fact is that if you leave what you're doing, just as you would if somebody had a heart attack in your office, you know, you would leave everything and you would say, okay, you know, this guy needs my attention now. Let right. me take him to the hospital. Right. So similarly, if you leave everything and sit with that person and say, come on, why did you make that statement? Don't right. give them sermons. You know, don't tell them life is so beautiful. It is worth living. Look at that beggar on the road. You have food, blah, blah, blah. You know, today, if somebody is in pain, their pain is important to them. Correct, they don't correct. care whether somebody else has pain or not, right? Absolutely. So, so what we need to do is, we need to leave everything, sit with these people and understand why they are talking like this. Okay, we need to understand whether something has happened. You know, so for example, you know, if a young child has lost his or her parent, that right. child feels that, oh, how will I live? So that's an acute stressor. Sure. Okay. Versus or somebody who's failed in an exam or who's had a broken relationship, you know. Sure. So what happens is so once you help them understand what is happening. Now, we also need to understand that this is a medical emergency. Okay, because a right. person can lose a life, right? So it is important to get this person in touch with a mental health professional. Right. You know, and... All of us know some psychologist, some psychiatrist. Okay. Get a person in touch with that person. Sure. Also, if you're a student, remember, this is not a secret. You know, if your friend tells you, Ki, are, you know, I'm going to kill myself tonight. And you're saying, oh, my friend has shared a secret. How can I share that secret? Right. This is a secret which is to be broken because tomorrow morning when you get up and hear that your friend killed himself or herself, you are not going to be able to live comfortably with it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so reach out, make a group of people and, you know, don't take the burden yourself alone. But with the group of people, we can make sure that this person gets the help that he or she needs. You right. know?
Is suicide the outcome of depression? Sometimes, I mean, chronic depression can lead to suicide. Absolutely, absolutely. So what we have also seen is that a lot of people, because their depression was not treated, it was not recognized. You know, at the end of it, they felt, oh, life is not worth living because uh, there's a triad which happens in patients who are suffering from depression, and that is of helplessness, hopelessness, and worthlessness. Okay. Okay. So when people start feeling helpless, hopeless, worthless, they feel life is not worth living. and that's when they may get suicidal you know i can i can narrate an incident of you know my childhood or you know youth we were a group of uh, boys who used to play football every day and uh, one day one of the boys came up to us and said you know i need a long rope i, I want to hang something so we asked what is it so we gave him a rope and he said no this will not and this guy was a big built fellow so he actually wanted a rope and he didn't tell us what and next day we found that he hung himself in his balcony he needed because he was a big built guy and you know all of us still is that must be you know over 30 years old you know back when or maybe 35 years back that this incident happened but all of us can relive that particular incident we were all sitting after football he came to us and he asked for this and i guess at that time we were just not even thinking about this condition so i think uh, it is it is it's right there in our face as you said one third of world suicides happen in india it's the second largest cause of death in that age group of 15 to 29 so i guess it's all about again recognizing that it is a real threat and but there is as you said it's easily preventable as well so no great thank you absolutely. so much absolutely you know even in the senior citizens you know so that is that is also an age group who we feel ki how will they why should they kill themselves Sure. Okay, but it is very very important. So if there is a senior citizen who says, you know, life is not worth living, please get them help. You know. Sure, sure. Don't think that oh, he's so he's old, so what's the point? Maybe he everybody is going to be depressed. It's not Correct. true. Correct. You know. Do you have any simple five tips for improving mental health? So I think the first thing is to be connected to your own mental health to your own emotions okay so don't ignore your emotions understand your emotions you know and uh, when you understand your emotions that's when you're going to be able to help yourself you know right. the second thing is please share share your emotions with people you know don't think i'm so strong there's nothing strong or weak just as we have seen anybody can get covid okay similarly right, anyone right. can get mentally ill you know right third is that of course don't take yourself seriously okay sure. do your work seriously but don't take yourself seriously you know every right, time right. i tell people that if you're going to take yourself seriously just imagine the most famous person you knew you know there's a road or there's a statue on the road of his and you know the statue has broken and nobody has even come to repair it you know Correct. and uh, the fourth thing is laugh laugh every day okay laugh at yourself also because we all make mistakes we all have got fooled we have all got cheated you know so i mean we are not invincible and fifth is if there is a problem please take help don't think that you know i'm too strong how can i take help what will other people say you know forget what other people will say i think it's important that take help because when you just talk to somebody and talk to a professional you know sometimes the answers come even before the conversation has ended absolutely
So actually, one of the things that we as an organization are focused on is, you know, trying to focus on women's health. We've actually come up with an initiative called Pink by Suburban Diagnostics, which brings that focus on women's health. Uh, so just wanted your perspective on, you know, we see that, uh, as you said earlier, that hormonal imbalance, uh, you know, is a is a trigger for uh, mental health as well, or mental health disorders, uh, you know, and women go through so many ups and downs, uh, you know, in their hormonal cycles throughout their life, uh, you know, PMSing, as we know, as a word and, you know, menopause. Uh, so wanted to get your perspective on, you know, how the impact of hormonal imbalance or hormonal changes impacts women's health. And also then reflect on, you know, I think that there is a similar impact in the men also. So, you know, your your take on both these areas. So definitely, you know, women get more impacted when their hormones are impacted. So on a monthly basis, what we call as PMS, where you see the same woman who's otherwise so adjusting, so sweet, so kind, you know, she becomes a monster. Okay, because the hormones are not cooperating with her. Two, immediately after delivery, you know, we see postpartum disorders, which are not really recognized. Okay, mental health issues like postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, postpartum blues and it's very important to recognize these mental health conditions because the emotional health of the child depends on the mother's emotional health okay also during menopause you know we see a lot of women not being able to cope with it emotionally well right you know and one needs to take up these issues more strongly we need doctors to educate the women as to what they are going through and we need to encourage them to take help for their mental health too. Okay. And you know, you spoke about men. The problem is that, you know, there is this horrible belief that men are strong and they're not supposed to talk about their mental health because if, you know, strong men don't cry. Okay. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that men have hormones too. Right. You know, and men also get impacted. You know, and men get impacted every time they perceive themselves as sexually unsuccessful. So probably they get impacted much more. Right. You know, so but the problem is that, you know, and again, their education is probably just coming from uh, different sources, which may not be the right sources. You know, I'm talking about an average men, man in India. Right. You know, so I think it's important to educate men about their hormones and also tell them that, yes, you may also go through these mental health issues because, you know, we've also seen that many a times in women, they may attempt more suicide, okay. but men complete more suicide. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. You know, okay. so because and most often, you know, the man has not spoken to anybody. Sure. Either sure. he was feeling low or he was going through a hormonal imbalance or some financial crisis. Sure. But he felt that he could not share Correct. So it's important to understand both these So I guess issues. guys who keep saying, you know, that women stop PMSing, realize that, you know, guys also do PMS and don't be afraid to share what you're going through with people. I think there is equal opportunity for you to also have the same condition, but also equal opportunity to get help you know, from professionals, both for men and women. Thanks. So great. Thank, thanks, Anjali. Thank you for that. And as this show is all about, you know, reducing the healthcare burden of our country, you know, the idea is that we want to make people aware what is the healthcare burden and, you know, through professionals and experts like yourself, help people unburden. So what is your plan 
to unburden your health this year you are i mean i've seen you for so many years you have not <laughs> aged you still have that vibrant <laughs> smile and you know you know you are still the same person that i knew 30 years ago but do you have any particular plan to unburden your health this year i think i'm going to take exercise more seriously now because okay. now that i'm growing old i want to <laughs> grow old well so i want to <laughs> earlier i may have you know made all sorts of excuses for exercise but i want to exercise and i want to take myself lightly for the next one year no oh, fantastic fantastic no oh, great anjali thank you so much for spending this time i am sure people who are going to listen to this will you know will understand that you know there is more awareness that needs to be developed around the whole issue around mental health uh, it's all there but there are professionals like yourself who are there to help and you know make this world a better place so thank you again for spending your time today thank you thank you thank you for talking about this such an important topic thank you and that's a wrap for our episode today thank you so much for listening new episodes are out every alternate tuesday if you like this episode don't forget you can listen to our show on all major podcasting platforms like google podcast apple podcast and wherever you listen to your podcast form if you are an apple or an ios user you can share your ratings and reviews on the apple podcast app if you have any questions related to health or would like to share your feedback you can reach me on my social media handles at dr sanjay arora on linkedin and facebook and dr_sanjay arora on instagram